speak a word over, over this church and over these pastors. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in every state and every place, that your purposes are unfolding. We thank you for the hunger that you birthed inside of these pastors and these people, O oh God. And we speak the word of the Lord and release the strength of God to them even this morning, Father. And we thank you that there is something that you're stirring in the hearts of the leaders of that city. And the Lord says, sons and daughters of mine, I want you to know that even as you have cried out to me, that there would be a distinctive line of demarcation between the righteous and the wicked, and that there would be a capacity to be able to deal with even the root issues of that territory. So I'm going to work with your faith in these days, says the Lord, and I'm going to establish even a commission of faith, says the Lord, where there will be those that will stay and stand and will rise up and say what needs to be said. For I shall put a prophetic unction upon the hearts of those that even now are stationed in places of authority, and there shall be uh, a pressure that will be put to bear upon those that are rising up in this day, and I shall cause the good old boy system that tried to stay too long and try to do its own thing to be put in its place. And I'm going to cause there to be a fresh wind that will begin to blow in that place, says the Lord. And the Lord says, even in the spirit of tradition that tried to overwhelm many that would arise to do the right thing, this is a day that I'm going to cause the weights to fall off of their hands and their eyes to be open in a fresh and a new way, says the Lord. And the Lord says, son and daughter, I've given you a vision that you would pierce through the dark and that you would break through. And even the powers of corruption will not be able to withstand and the works of witchcraft will not stand against that which I will do even in your life and in your heart. For there is that which I have promised to you and it shall urge you forward, says the Lord, and it shall cause you to advance in a way that you did not even think that you could. And it will bring even prominence and even opportunity to you in the days ahead. And the Lord says, even when uh, waves of oppression come, the Lord says, they shall break upon the rocks that you have established as a memorial in prayer around about you, and they shall not overwhelm your soul, and neither shall they overwhelm the people of your territory, for I'm breaking off every assignment of recession and depression, and every assignment that the enemy tried to bring to try to bring a, 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 a covering and a, a darkness even upon the hearts of some uh, that have been trying to hold steady. And the Lord says, this is a day of refreshing and blessing, and so we breathe the breath of life all the way from Alaska. Let the cool winds even blow all the way down there, O oh God, and let them just receive the grace that they have need of in this hour in Jesus. And give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Pastor Barry, I also really felt like the Lord saying that he's getting ready to open up doors of influence in your local government. I believe that there are connections, divine connections that God's setting you up for during this season of time. And the Lord's just saying, just be willing, be ready, be obedient to begin to connect on those levels. Take the time to connect uh, on the city council levels. Take the time to connect on the level of your mayor. Take the time to connect on the, on the level of those that are making, setting policy in the city because God's going to give you great influence uh, over their lives and therefore over the legislation that they bring forth. So God bless you. God, uh, God, God bless everybody from a celebration. Worship Center that's joining us, and we are so glad to have you be a part of what we're doing here in Alaska. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Well, we also want to bless Pastor Ed and his wife, Robin, is it? Is that right? Okay. If you guys could just stand up, and we're just going to lay our hands on you guys. Awesome. From Wasilla Assembly of God, let's give them a hand. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much for this couple and for who they are to you and for the sacrifices that they have made. And the Lord says, son, well done, because you made sacrifices even in this season and this year. They were not easy, and you put things upon the altar, and you trusted me with situations that were not easy. And even as you walk through, as my servant Moses did, through circumstances that you would want to shake your head and walk away, and yet you stayed and you prayed and you sought my face. And even in that place, I said, I will be your defender, and I will surround you even with a wall of fire of protection from me, says the Lord. And I brought even a strength inside of you that was not your own but was mine, says the Lord. And even in the midst of your humility and even in the midst of offering things, the Lord says, I have brought a greater ability to you. And you're going to find that it's not just the words that you speak, but it is the dynamic of my anointing that will flow. Even the words that you say will begin to even be confirmed quickly, says the Lord. And there will be even stretches of your faith for you to decree and declare things that are outside of what you would think were your purview or your uh, responsibility. And yet, as you step into places that I've called you to walk into, you will see that you are a key of release. But even as I've called you to be a key, I've been cutting and I've been working you and I've been uh, filing and refining some areas so that you would fit even not just as a key for this city or for where you are in ministry, uh, but that you would be a master key for me, says the Lord, and that you would fit many locks in places that you thought, no, I don't know about that. And yet, when you step in, you'll see that I have prepared you rightly, but there has been a cutting process, and there has been a circumcision of your soul, and there has been a cutting of covenant that you've had to do with me. But the Lord says, as you even were on your knees, I was preparing you, and I was processing even some things all the way through your system. It's almost like some toxins had gotten inside for a season of time, but I began to detoxify, and I began began to even uh, purify and release your system from the lethargy and the thing that would try to sap you of your energy and try to divert and distract you from the high calling that I put upon your life. For you knew what it was from the beginning, what I said to you and what I stirred you with and how I burned inside of you. And it seemed like there was uh, water thrown upon that too many times and you felt like, I don't know if I can stir it up again. But the Lord says, son, you're going to run as a mighty one and you're going to do, mo- do more than you thought you could. These last days are yours, says the Lord, and that when you see the opportunity, lay hold of it. So even as my servant Moses stretched forth his rod and opened up impossible things, even as he walked in the midst of circumstances where devastation thought it could come, he stood in the way and released my grace and my strength. The Lord says, you will be my voice and you will be my hand extended and there shall be powerful teams of ministry that will be sent not just throughout Alaska, but throughout many places, says the Lord, and you shall raise them up with the word of the Lord in their mouth and with a a prophetic vision in their eye and with a heart that beats strong for me. And the Lord says, I will be with your body. I will cause it to be strong. As you ask of me, I will cause you to be sustained even in many years to come that you'll be amazed at how I've kept you in shape and kept you running with strength and ability. And you've had some things in your heart. And the Lord says, you're not going to grow weary or you're not going to grow faint, but you're going to have these capacities not only to run for me, but to have fun too and to be blessed in the midst of the ministry I've called you to. And the Lord says, There's a a relaxation coming to your soul in the midst of the press. You're going to find that there is a rest for you so that you will not be worn out, but you will be uh, revigorated and you will be rejuvenated and ready for all the things. The challenges that are ahead will just cause you to grow stronger with more resiliency and tenacity and say, we're going to do this thing. I don't care. This is what the Lord has said. And so the Lord says, son, I'm blessing you today, even with a renewing of your youth as you ask me to, so that you will not 
not be one that has to kick back and say, well, I don't have it anymore. You do. And so I'm going to strengthen you again and again, says the Lord. Amen. Let's clap our hands for that word over the pastor. And the Lord says to you, my daughter, I want you to know that I'm taking the cap off. I'm taking the lid off, says the Spirit of God. The Lord says that there have been those that have come around that have tried to place limitations on you and the enemy that has even come to try to limit you. But there is a a, a spirit inside of you, the Holy Spirit, which is a, a spirit of greatness, says God. There's a spirit of anointing and power that is inside of you, says the Spirit of God. And the Lord says, daughter, I want you to know that I'm breaking you out of every place where man, religion, or the enemy has tried to limit you because I've put a spirit of boldness upon you, says the Lord. I have put an anointing of fire upon you, says the Lord. When you speak, the Lord says, daughter, that I ignite your words with fire and it begins to ignite even in the hearts of lives. And the Lord says, daughter, that I have given you a very strong prophetic mantle. I have given you a very strong discernment gift. And the Lord says, daughter, it is a gift, even though sometimes you have wondered if it's more of a curse than a blessing because you see things and you hear things and you say, God, what in the world am I supposed to do with this? And the Lord says, daughter, I want you to know that I'm intensifying a training process because I'm opening up your eyes in a brand new way to new levels of discernment, to new uh, spirit activity, says the Lord. The Lord says, daughter, in the past you've, you've, been, uh, uh, you've understood uh, the, some of the demonic things and you've understood some of the forces of darkness and some of the, the workings of hell. But the Lord says, daughter, I'm also opening up heaven to you in this new season. And you're going to have angelic encounters. You're going to have encounters with my Holy Spirit. And the Lord says, daughter, that I'm going to give you the wisdom in how to share what you experience. Because in times past, you've shared it with some people and they've looked at you like you were crazy, like you were out of your mind. And the Spirit of the Lord says, daughter, you're not out of your mind. The Lord says, daughter, you are being led of the Spirit. But I'm going to show you how not to cast your pearl before swine, says the Lord. And how to use wisdom in who you share, what wits, says the Spirit of God. Because there's going to be many that are not ready to hear the things that you hear in the spirit, but I will give you wisdom to bring the message forth in such a way that will powerfully impact hearts and lives for my kingdom's sake. Get ready, says the Lord, for this is getting ready to be one of your greatest seasons of visitation. The Lord says, do not be afraid of it, because even though in the past it seemed like it cost you friendships to take a stand for what you saw, to take a stand for righteousness, there were those that literally betrayed you because of the stand that you took in the spirit. They broke your heart. Those that should have walked with you, those that should have supported you, those that should have worked with you, broke your heart. But the Spirit of the Lord says, daughter, I've delivered you from the grief of the past. I've delivered you from the pain of those broken relationships. Get ready, says the Lord, because I'm going to bring a whole flood of those that are faithful ones. I'm going to bring a whole flood of those that are ready to work, ready to minister, ready to move, ready to be mobilized. And the Lord says, daughter, step up and you will see my Spirit pour down all over what you're doing, says the Spirit. Now, Lord, we just loose this anointing upon this man and woman. A season of visitation in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord for this awesome man and woman. Amen. Hallelujah. Also just want to acknowledge Pastor Rick and his wife from Abundant Life. Is Abundant Life is that correct? Let's just give them a hand. Amen as they're here today. Actually, I don't think we minister to your wife. Can I just minister to her real quickly? Hallelujah. Tell me your name again. I'm sorry. Riddy. Spell it for me. Riddy. Okay. Pretty Riddy. Okay, come over here, Riddy. You can come stand by her if you want. (laughs) Stretch your hands out. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this woman. I thank you, Father God, for the anointing, for the giftings, and the calling. And the Lord says, daughter, you are not called because I married you to this man. 
You are called because I knew you from your mother's womb, says the Lord. I I knew what I put in you. I knew what I was making and fashioning in you. And the Lord says, daughter, I want you to know that I'm able to take the good, the bad, and the ugly of what you've seen, of what you've experienced, and what you've known in life, and begin to bring it all together to be that which sets captives free. For the Lord says, daughter, I have given you a great capacity and a great heart. It's very much a mother's heart. But the Lord says, daughter, you're not just a mother that nurtures and, and, and soothes the wounds and just kisses the boo-boos, but you're also a mom that will smack them on the behind when they need to get in order. And the Lord says, daughter, that I've put that that tender compassion in you, but I've also put that great strength inside of you that causes people to rise up out of their self-pity, that causes people to rise up out of a victim mentality and to begin to become victors in Christ. And the Lord says, daughter, I've put words of counsel in your mouth, and I've put words uh, of direction and wisdom in your mouth, says the Lord, that literally are like a threshing instrument in my hand. And the Lord says, daughter, that I will use you to lay the axe to the root of many who have been wounded, many who have been bruised, many who have been battered by life, many who have lost hope, many who have been uh, entrapped by the spirit of religion. And the Lord says, daughter, the word that comes out of your mouth has the capacity to just literally set things right, bring a right perspective, and set the captive free. Now the Lord says, daughter, that your heart has been heavy because you've been, been seeing me move in many people's lives, but there's been a heaviness in your heart, even for your own family. And the Lord says, daughter, I want you to know that I'm in covenant with you for your family. I'm in covenant with you for your children, says the Lord. And the Lord says, daughter, that as you minister to my children, I'll be sure to take care of your children, says the Lord. And as you go after my children that aren't walking the way they need to walk, I'll go after your children, says the Lord. Because the Lord says, my hand is upon, how many children do you have? You've got, whoa, okay, Father. (laughs) And Father, I thank you, Lord, that for every single one of these children, Father God, that there is a destiny, a calling, and a purpose. And I thank you, Father God, that you are sending right now angels from heaven after every single one of those kids. The Lord says, daughter, I want you to know I am a faithful God, and I am faithful generation to generation. And as you're faithful to serve my children, and as you're faithful to go after my children, the Lord says, daughter, I'm going to send my angels to be faithful to go after your kids, says the Lord. This will be a year that you're going to actually see prodigals come home. You're going to actually see whatever, whichever one of your kids that seems to you to be the hardest case, you know who I'm talking about. The Lord says, don't pray them out of what I get them into. Okay? Because they're going to have to hit the bottom. But this is going to be a year of the prodigal coming home. All right? Now, Father, we just send your word right now. And we thank you for turning the tide in that one's life and for bringing them home into the purposes of God, back into relationship, full relationship with the family, and back into full relationship with you. Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. And there's a, is there a Pastor Josh over here. We wanted to minister to, to you as well, if we could. Set your wife, bring her up. Amen. Boy, I tell you what, she's got to live with him, and she's... She needs all that anointing to, to do that and take care of them. All right. Amen. Father, we thank you for this couple and for the opportunity just to bless the, the men and the women of God that you've called to serve you. And the Lord says, Son, I put a deep abiding even value and principle inside of your heart about how to serve and how to give even of your life and talent and ability. And there's been even things that have burned inside of you in different seasons when you've seen certain things that were wasted along the way. And you said, Lord, that not, ought not be that there ought to be more things done to help ones arise to fulfill their destiny and motivate and get them 
in the places where they need to be. And the Lord says, Son, I have positioned you rightly, and I've given you a capacity to be one to release even abilities and to release the best of things. And there's been times when frustration has overwhelmed your soul and you felt like you were uh, outside of the reach of what you really needed to get done, but yet uh, there's a strength of authority and ability that is inside of you that will always follow uh, after me and always find a way to be expressed and be released, says the Lord. And the Lord says, uh, even when you got shut down for that season of time where you kind of said, uh, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I don't even know if it's worth it because look at this and look at that. And the fruit wasn't there that you had hoped. But the Lord says, son, sometimes the seed has to go deep and the, and the seasons of release don't come immediately. And so uh, as you've sown your seed, I want you to know it has not been wasted. Not one ounce of energy, not of counsel and care, not of the things that you have done for me, says the Lord. Because didn't I, I say you haven't done it even unto these that are little alone, but you've done it even as unto me. And so the Lord says, son, even as you've served in that kind of way, I want you to know there's a testimony of who I am and of my grace that has grown around uh, about you. And it will even saturate some situations that you've been facing even internally and about your family that you've said, but Lord, what about me? And the Lord says, son, my eyes are upon you and I'm working even on your behalf. And I see that uh, this is a, a season that the Lord's going to begin to challenge you and that there's areas that uh, you kind of said, well, that's not me. But the Lord says, you're going to be amazed that you're going to be able to do some things that you didn't think they were you. And I'm going to use even your experiences and what you've gone through in life. And uh, I even see you having a great effect upon the business community and there's some things that you're going to touch some hearts of some ones that are kind of hard or kind of uh, gotten stale, and you're going to re-energize them for the kingdom purposes, and you're going to uh, even be a, a channel of resource. I see that there's some things that you're going to have opportunity to involve yourself in where people are going to just like you, and they're going to want to be able to be a help, and they're going to look for opportunities to do some things, uh, and the Lord says uh, that even uh, in advance, he's going to give you some strategy and some wisdom about how to operate, uh, even to be prepared to know how to, to utilize uh, their heart and what they want to do. And the Lord says, Son, I'm going to be with you in these endeavors, and I've given you a strength around about you that's going to be a help that will give wisdom as well. And I see just a council uh, where people will uh, talk and interact, and they're going to have just a, a sparking of ideas and, and at times there's going to be ones that say I, we shouldn't do that. I just don't think it, it can work that way. And the Lord says but I want you to have faith. I want you to have that Joshua Caleb spirit and just say I'm of this spirit and I believe it can happen. I believe it can work and that we can uh, we can network and interact in these kind of ways and still keep our heart righteous and right and still get things done. And the Lord says son you're not going to ever get caught up in the political game. You're not going to get caught up in some things where uh, people are, are kind of playing uh, one off another. Uh, that's just not going to fly with you. You're going to just put your foot down and say, no, we're not going to do it that way. We're going to trust God. And the Lord says, even when it looks like it's turning the wrong way and, and people are saying, see, I told you you had to do it the way I said. And yet the Lord says, if you'll trust me, you'll see in the end, I'm going to uh, cause a testimony to be born out of trusting me and waiting rightly, even upon my purposes and my processes. And my hands upon you, my hands upon your mind, I see a quickening in your mind. I see an intelligence that's going to come forth in this hour. I see just the skillfulness that's going to come out of your mouth. And the Lord says, trust me, son, uh, the best is yet to come. Amen. 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 Jesus.
Gina, I, I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, Gina, I want you to know that uh, that I have put a unique blend of gifts inside of you, says the Lord. The Lord says that I have given you a very, very spiritual mind uh, on one hand that is able to know how to hear my voice and able to go into places of prayer, go into places of intercession, know how to stand in the gap on, on behalf of individual lives and, and, and on behalf even of the land. The Lord says, daughter, I've even sent you on some spiritual missions uh, at times in the past where I've given you very specific assignments. And the Lord says, you've been very obedient to walk out those assignments. But on the other hand, I have given you a very practical mind as well, says the Lord. And the Lord says, daughter, that I married you to a dreamer. And the Lord says, daughter, that sometimes you feel like you throw wet blankets on his fire. But the Lord says, daughter, the truth of the matter is, is that I've given you a spirit of wisdom and to match his spirit of revelation, says the Lord. And that the spirit of wisdom and revelation blending together brings powerful impact and brings a powerful effect. And the Lord says, daughter, I've also given you a great ability to formulate vision. You're a woman that likes a plan. You're a woman that likes step by step. You're a woman that likes to see the plan unfolding. And you're not afraid to to, to go with a change in the plan. You're not stuck in a rut. But the Lord says, daughter, I've put that gifting inside of you to help to plan into the future. And I've also given you a very, very creative mind says the Lord. You have got an anointing of creativity that thinks outside the box, that thinks beyond the way it's always been done. And the Lord says, daughter, that I'm going to bless that anointing of creativity and I'm going to blend it together, says the Lord, with the voice of the Lord inside of you, with the spirit of revelation, to be able to, to set some things in motion that are, going to, that are going to lay a track for others to run on. The Lord says, daughter, I am causing you to be one that I will use to make the crooked places straight. I'm going to use you, says the Lord, to lay a, a path way of success and you're going to uh, you're going to be like a, a somebody that can speak even into the younger generation and be able to say you know what you want to do all that for God here's what you're going to have to do and you're very very practical in your approach but very very spiritual at the same time and so the Lord says daughter don't compare yourself to others because I've put a uniqueness inside of you that I need for my kingdom's sake don't say well I'm not as spiritual as this one or that one because I don't do thus and so the Lord says daughter I've put the exact thing inside of you now I'm asking you to step up to a higher level because I'm putting a demand on the anointing that is in you. And the Lord says, you have felt my Holy Spirit pressure in this last season of time. But the Lord says, daughter, I've also seen your willing heart. And the Lord says, daughter, just like you like a plan, I'm going to lay out a plan for you. And you're going to walk it. And you're going to work it. And you're going to, you're going to step into it. And you're going to do it in such a way that others can follow behind and that others can walk on the straight path that I've laid in you and through you for the kingdom's sake. Now, Father, I bless this man and woman and I thank you, Father, for just releasing that Ephesians 1 17 and 18 anointing. Give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Father God, and the knowledge of you. Father, that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened and they may know what is the hope of your calling. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big hand. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. And I just wanted to add one. My brother over here in the, on the wall with the hair, yeah. I ministered to you last night, yeah. I just heard a, 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 a postscript. That's a prophetic script, I guess, a P.S., you know. <laughs> uh, I just heard the Lord say, Son, I love you so much, and I'm jealous over you. And uh, I see God's put boundaries around about your life, and sometimes that's frustrated you. But I see that there's been times you wanted to kind of play with risky behavior, and God says not to allow yourself to get on that ground because there's danger there. And it's like you see the danger sign, and you're almost like, okay, that's, that's where I want to be. But God says, no, uh, that there's a safe place for you in this season and that you need to abide there, and that as you allow that to be a protection and a surrounding and a grace and even a discipline to your life,
life that God's going to take you uh, much further than you thought, even you've had a vision for yourself. So the Lord says, trust Him with those boundaries. Amen? All right. Give the Lord one more hand. Amen? How many like to hear the voice of the Lord speak? Officer, could you come? I just got nervous. The police were in the foyer, you know. <laughs> Listen, we've been in places where they have armed guards with, with guns at the doors of the churches to protect the people that are in the church. But you know what? How many think that policemen need to hear the word of the Lord too? Amen. Amen. What's your name, sir? Craig, nice to meet you. Father, I just bless Craig right now, and I thank you, Father, that you have called this man to be a minister of your justice in the land, Father God. Lord, that you said that your throne is established upon righteousness and justice. And, Father, that he is called to establish, Lord, those things in this city, Lord, to be an establisher of your throne. And the Spirit of the Lord says, Son, I want you to know that I have given you great skill to do your job. I have given you a great ability to do your job with excellence. I've put a Spirit of excellence inside of you. And the Lord says, Son, that I have been taking you through the process of the transformation of your life, the renewing of your mind. The Lord says, Son, you see so much junk. You see so much stuff that you have to process. And yet my Holy Spirit helps you, works with you, comforts you, helps you to process all that you see and all that you know and all that you hear, even in the natural. But the Lord says, Son, that I'm going to cause you to see and hear and know in the realm of the supernatural. And the Lord says, son, that you're going to be somebody that is not going, going to put up with foolishness. I've caused you to be a man that's very black and white, and yet you have a tremendous heart of compassion. And there's a lot of times that people say, how can you be both at the same time? And yet the Lord says, son, I've put my compassion in your heart for, for, for people that you have a, a, an ability to know when to show mercy and, and when no mercy is called for. The Lord says, son, that I have put an ability inside of you to hear my voice in the midst of some of the most challenging situations. And the Lord says, son, I want you to know that even in this city and in this region, the Lord says that I am in the business right now of, un- of uncovering wickedness. I am in the business right now of uncovering corruption and uncovering unrighteousness. And the Lord says that as much as I have targeted this city, the Lord says that so has also the enemy targeted this city to try to bring a, a, a groundswell of, of corruption, a groundswell even of crime and, and of wickedness. And the Lord says that there have been those that have tried to find inroads into uh, uh, into this city through uh, through a- aspects of organized crime and through aspects of, uh, of trafficking, uh, says the Spirit of the Lord, even some issues of human trafficking. And the Lord says, Son, I'm going to open up your eyes and I'm going to open up your ears and you're going to begin to bring an uncovering to the strategies of hell, says the Spirit of God. But the Lord says, Son, I'm not asking you to deal with this all by yourself, but I will give you a strategy. I will give you a plan. You're going to see some things in the Spirit first and then you're going to begin to see the natural things that begin to line up in confirmation of those things, and I'm going to connect you with those that are going to have a plan to deal with it. For, uh, uh, but both in the spirit and in the natural. For the Lord says, my hand is upon this city in a very special way. And anytime I target a city, the enemy also goes on assignment to try to do the exact opposite. But I want to establish my throne of righteousness and justice. And so the Lord says, understand that the enemy is on the move. The enemy is on the march. But I'm going to give you the eyes of the seer, the eyes of the watchman, the eyes of that one that will stand at the gate and will see that which needs to be seen. I am anointing you, says the Lord, beyond your natural skill, beyond your natural training, I am anointing you with the training of my Holy Spirit to see, to hear, and to know all that I've called you to, says the Spirit of the Lord. 
I see you're going to have a great excellence, and you're going to get awards even in the days ahead, and that God's going to work with your skill and with your heart, and your heart is big, and I see God's going to lead you at times. You're going to know where to drive and where to go, and just kind of you're going to sense some things. I need to turn right now, and I see God's going to protect you. It's not just in a physical way, but I see He's going to protect your heart, even from some of the things that would try to influence you and to affect you, to try to wear you down and to, and to try to, to kind of, in a way, take you out or check you out of being able to be alert and, and alive and full of what you need to have to be able to get the job done. And the Lord's going to bless you even in the midst of stress. And I see that God's going to even protect your heart. I see just a strengthening around about it, both naturally and uh, emotionally, and that God's going to comfort you even in the night season. And I see that you're going to get the rest that you need. And at times it seems like you have a hard time with that, but God's going to just help you to be able to sleep the way that you need to and to be able to get recuperated and ready and be able to be alert the way you need to. So, Father, I just bless him, and I thank you for him. And as as a church, we just bless him, and we thank you for uh, the, all the police officers and all the force and all the ones that care for us and help us uh, in so many different ways. And many times we don't even know all that they've done, and yet we're receiving the effect. And so we just honor them, and we bless them, and we thank you for them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Minister to you guys. We're going to teach in just a minute, but I wanted to. Is this your husband? Your only husband? Your favorite husband? Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, that's right. This was the Holy Spirit last night. That's right. <laughs> Y'all join your hands together. Father, we just thank you. What are your names? Donna and Keith otherwise known as Holy Spirit, okay? Father, we just bless Donna and Keith right now. Father, I thank you, Lord, for their hearts. I thank you, Father God, for the timing and the seasons of God. And the Spirit of the Lord says, Son and daughter, I have put you into a spiritual boot camp during this season. The Lord says that I have stripped away what you've known from the past. I've stripped away the comfort zones. I've stripped away the things that you knew, the things that were familiar to you. Because you said, God, we want to go higher. You said, God, we want to know more. God, we don't want to settle for less than everything that you have for us. And the Lord says that I took you at your word, and I began to move heaven and earth to bring you into a new season and into a new day. And the Lord says, don't look at what man has done. Don't look at what circumstance seems to have dealt to you. The Lord says, look at my hand and understand that I have a plan, says God. There have been some things over the last season that have taken you by surprise, But the Lord says, I want you to know I did not fall off my throne. The Lord says that I am a sovereign God and that I am watching over you. I am working with you, says the Lord. And you are going to value every lesson that you learned in the last season. But you are not going to be limited by what happened in the last season. For I am truly bringing you in to a new season of training, to a new season of equipping, to a new season of Holy Spirit activity, to a new season of hearing my voice, to a new season of being able to sing the songs of Zion, for I am encompassing you around about with songs of deliverance, says the Lord. I am encompassing you around about with songs of joy. I am encompassing you around about with prophetic sounds in the Spirit, says the Lord. The Lord says, Son and daughter, know that I have stripped away the old, that I might fully bring you into the new. And the Lord says, you will not be disappointed. The Lord says, you will not be disappointed. The Lord says, you will not be disappointed, says God. The Lord 
Lord says don't worry about money during this season. The Lord says that there's been some concerns that in transitioning that there's been a financial loss. But the Spirit of the Lord says begin to begin to shake the dust off your feet from where you've been and begin to step into my fullness. And you're going to see tremendous financial provision coming for you. And the Lord says don't look at it coming from just one way. Don't look at it coming from just one stream. The Lord says I'm going to give multiple streams of income that are going to cause you to be tremendously blessed, says the Spirit of God. And it's kind of like Paul had a tent-making business so that he could be supported and financed in doing the work of the ministry. And the Lord says that I'm going to birth some businesses in you during this season of time that's literally going to free you to do the work of the ministry without regards to a paycheck, without regards to what man could do in control. The Lord says that I'm going to free you up in a new way, says the Lord, but you're going to be blessed, you're going to be favored, and you're going to be provided for supernaturally. The Lord says, son and daughter, you're on the right track. You're on a spiritual journey. I've got you in a spiritual hot house right now where there's rapid, rapid growth, says the Lord. And the Lord says, understand that I'm protecting you from the elements that are out there. And I'm even protecting you from the accusations of the enemy that want to hem you in and put you under a curse. The Lord says, son and daughter, you cannot be cursed because the shout of the king is in your midst. Father, we loose that to them now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for his word. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Woo! Isn't it awesome to hear God speak? Amen. Well, those of you that weren't here last night, we encourage you to, I guess it's go online and, uh, and hear some of the things that were shared last night. The prophetic word really came about the destiny of this state during this season of time, the destiny of, the, uh, of this city, and how God is wanting to bring this city into a place of awakening, that God has brought you to a tipping point in time, and that God wants to cause that tipping point to tip you into a brand new experience with God. The Lord showed me the vision of the pipeline that comes out of Alaska down into the lower four and how God wanted to bring a spiritual pipeline of the oil of God, the oil of the anointing out of this region into the lower 48, into Canada, and to affect even the other nations of the world. That there is a very specific and very strategic time that you've entered into. And so this morning I really had a, had a heart to take some time for about the next maybe hour. Um, I'll teach and then we'll do maybe 20, 30 minutes of, of prophetic activations. How many want to be activated this morning to hear the voice of God in a greater way? Amen. And so I, I really felt like one of the things that I wanted to do is that I wanted to just kind of lay a good baseline uh, and teach on spiritual discernment. Because anytime God starts to move, anytime God's spirit genuinely gets begins to get pouring, poured out and people begin to get dreams and visions and revelation and visitation and angelic appearances and all the stuff that goes along with visitation, always, there's always junk that comes with it. <laughs> How many have been around long enough to see that, okay? And so I want to kind of lay a good, a good spiritual baseline and do some good teaching, just some basic teaching on spiritual discernment so that as God begins to move in this area, you don't get drawn aside or go astray or you're able to help steward and shepherd the things that God is doing in this region. I have a more in-depth teaching on this. Um, let me just mention some of the things that I noticed that my office sent. I just kind of let our office get discernment 
about what they should send as far as products. And so I, I was interested to see that they sent several things that I think that will really aid you in pressing into discernment. There's one that's called discerning of spirits, which is a more um, thorough um, uh, workshop on actually discerning what God is doing and uh, kind of an expanded version of what I'm teaching this morning. There's uh, also a, a CD set on uh, the roots of Jezebel. How many have ever heard of Jezebel? <laughs> it is a spirit that we have to contend with, and it hates the prophets. Okay? Jezebel is not a person. Okay? And it's inaccurate to say that person is a Jezebel. Okay? Although we've all heard that at times. Okay? That's inaccurate spiritually. It is a demonic spirit. We need to know how to deal with it. It's also not a woman. Okay? As a strong woman in ministry, if I had a dollar for every time I got called a Jezebel in the early days of ministry, we could pay off our house. Okay? <laughs> so I, I basically do some teaching on Jezebel, what it is, what it's not, and how you deal with it when you see the fruit of it working in your territory. Um, I think that there's also one called the serpent spirits, which deals with Python and Leviathan. A lot of times we hear these terms thrown out there, but I think it's really good for us to have good biblical teaching about what these things are and what they're not and how to deal with them. Um, there's also, I know, a DVD set on dreams and visions. Last time we were here last year, I did a, a teaching on how to hear the voice of the Lord through dreams and visions. This is very important in the season that you're in because it says in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, the result is going to be your sons and daughters will prophesy, young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. Okay, that's, that's the result of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, okay? And that does not mean that when you stop having visions and you start having dreams, that's how you know you've gotten old, okay? That's not what it's saying, okay? <laughs> All right? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. That's right. <laughs> But what it means is that when the Holy Spirit gets poured out, you're going to start having prophetic words. You're going to start having dreams. You're going to start seeing visions. And we need to know what to do with it when we, when we receive it. So there's actually, I think, a CD series. There's a book on dreams and visions. And I believe that there's also a DVD set that could be used in Bible studies or whatever to bring the teaching out in a more thorough way. There's also uh, one other one that I just want to just say something about, and that is a DVD series and, I believe, CDs on something that's called Awakening and Reformation. We are in a key season right now in our nation and in the earth of awakening and reformation. And if you don't realize this, we've been through two previous seasons of awakening in our nation, and we've been through two previous seasons of reformation in the church. And right now we are in a season where these two are actually dovetailing, and we have actually come into the third reformation period. And at the same time, we have come into the beginning of the season of the third great awakening. How many are excited that we're coming into the third great awakening? Amen? And so those are just some resources that will hopefully help you to process some of the things that God is doing in this territory, help you to be resourced um, as far as moving forward in the things of God during this season. But I'm going to teach on discernment for a little bit. If you want to take notes, I'll try to be good about giving you um, scriptures and points so that you can refer back to this because have you noticed I talk a little fast? Okay, it's because I have, I wanted, to, well, it's just because I'm, I like to talk fast, okay? Yeah, we'll be careful, okay. <laughs> all right, we're going to start out in Philippians chapter 1. And I've got all my scriptures here. You're welcome to, to turn to these scriptures, but I'm just going to kind of read them. This is the New King James Version. And I want to just kind of lay this foundation. 
And in Philippians, Paul says, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more. How many want God's love in you to abound more and more? But listen to how he says it needs to abound. Let it abound more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. Love abounding in knowledge and all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. It's a good scripture of where we need to go. Um, So I'm going to just give you several scriptures here, and we're going to lay a little foundation. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14 says this, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. Those who, by reason of use, everybody say reason of use. That means that we activate, we stir up, we use the gifts, we use that which the Holy Spirit has given us a capacity to use. Those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Okay? This word discern is the Greek word diarist, D-I-A-R-I-S-T. It's the same that we use when we talk about discerning of spirits. And it means to have a, an ability to distinguish, to have clear discrimination, to have an ability to judge rightly, having a sense of decision or judgment, disputation or judicial examination. Now, let me say this. A lot of times people will say, well, Scripture says judge not that you not be judged. Okay, that is in regards to people. But understand that we are supposed to judge. As a matter of fact, we are called to judge what is right and what is wrong according to the Word. Ultimately, we will be judging nations. Right? Ultimately, the church will be judging nations. And so we need to understand that there is a discernment, a judging that God wants to bring us into. The Webster's Dictionary defines discernment like this. It means to see or to make out through any of the senses. Okay? Discriminating insight or perception. The ability to make good judgments. Okay? I, I really wish that, that, uh, that I had a greater level of discernment. Because how many have ever fallen into a trap of the enemy and said, Man, I wish I'd have seen that coming. Okay? Or made a bad decision and say, Wow, I sure knew better than that. Okay, it gives you the ability to make a good choice and to make a good decision. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit because they must be spiritually discerned. The things of the Spirit must be spiritually discerned. But then it goes on to say, But we have the mind of Christ. I want everybody to say, I have the mind of Christ. Now, my journey with discernment um, kind of started back maybe, we've been pastoring a church in Florida for uh, coming up on 25 years now. And back, I would say maybe 23 years ago, um, I received a prophetic word from a young prophet that had just come to America from South Africa whose name was Kim Clement. Has anybody here ever heard of Kim Clement? Okay. And he had just come to America. My father-in-law, Bishop Bill Hammond, had laid hands on him over in South Africa and had proclaimed the call of a prophet on his life. And he came to America and was at one of our conferences. Um, I was actually at the conference, but I was in the back because I had three little children. We had three children in three and a half years. 
I'm an overcomer. Hallelujah. I survived. <laughs> we had three children in three and a half years and birthed the church in that same period of time. There was a man that came up to me at one of our conferences, and he said, Man, it's so good to see you doing everything you do in ministry. And I said, Well, thank you. And he goes, No, no, really what I'm trying to say is I was around back in the days when you had those three little babies, and I just didn't think you were going to make it. So <laughs> I said, Yeah, there were plenty of days I didn't think I was going to make it either. Okay. <laughs> But I was in the back of the, the conference, and I think I had a, one baby asleep at the, uh, on the ground, another one hanging around my leg, and I was, had my baby in, in my arms. And he, he points back at me, and he goes, young lady, I want you to come up here. And so I kind of shed the children, and, <laughs> and, I, and I went forward, and he said, the Lord says that he has called you to be a watchman for the House of Christian International, and that he has given you the gift of discernment, and you have the ability to see the snake... And to see the wolf. And he laid hands on me. And I was like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Not having any idea what I just said yes to. And so about six months later, we had some things happen in our church and in our ministry that um, just, it wasn't a church split, but we ended up over about a week's period of time having a number of families leave, a number of our staff members left, and there was a lot, of, a lot of darkness around what happened, is, is all that I will say. And so the, uh, the ringleader of kind of who was going around spreading things and gossiping and stirring up strife and stirring up discord was somebody that, um, that I never really liked. Okay? Now, I didn't think that as a Christian you could have a right to not like somebody. So I just, my mother taught me, if you can't say something nice, you don't say anything at all. Right? Okay? So we're sitting around in our leadership meeting. And, of course, we're the pastors of the church, and my father-in-law is the leader of our ministry. And he says, wow, we just didn't even see this coming. And I said, well, actually, I, I've always had a problem with that particular person. You know, I've, I've never trusted them. I've never had, you know, I, I've, I've always been very, very wary about them. And he said, well, why didn't you say something? And I said, well, I've been taught that you don't speak against brothers and sisters, that you don't say negative, critical things. And he said, yeah, but you can always say to me, I'm the leader. Listen, here's one of the little keys here. If you're saying that to somebody that's not a leader, it's gossip. Okay? But you can say anything to your leaders. Okay? And matter of fact, if you're discerning something, you need to say it to your leader. And I'll get into that in just a little bit. But, and and so, so we sat there for a minute, and he said, what we really need to see happen is we need to see God raise up somebody that has a very strong watchman anointing, a very strong discernment on their life. And I said, well, I just got that prophetic word, if you remember, from Kim Clement. So he says, okay, well, let's lay hands on you, and let's just get that thing fully activated. So he and my husband and some of our other leaders laid hands on me. They, they commanded that, that gift that God had put inside of me to become active and for me to start seeing the snake and seeing the wolf and seeing things in the spirit just like had been prophesied. And I want you to know that the next day I went to church, and I'm a very people-oriented person. I love people. You know, I'm, I'm very, you know, very connected with people. But that next day I went to church, and I was like, oh, hello, and I'd hug them, and I'd be going like, All of a sudden, it was literally like this veil came off my eyes, and all of a sudden, I saw all the junk. And so, about a week or two of this, I went back to my husband and bishop, and I said, you put your hands back on me, and you take this back. I do not like this gift. You take it back. I don't want this. 
And Bishop said, listen, you're going to have to learn to manage the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so what I've noticed in the body of Christ is that one of the greatest needs that we have is the gift of discernment. It's one of the, I mean, it is so critical right now that we have accurate spiritual discernment operating in us. But what I find where I go is that so many people that have this gift that God has given to them have done one of two things. Either they have, out of that gift, overstepped their bounds of authority and made a big mess and are probably no longer in in the church because they feel rejected and shunned because of their gift. Or because maybe they did the wrong thing or because they didn't know what to do with what they saw, they shut the gift down. So today I'm going to ask the Lord to pop the lid off that thing, just like I prayed over you, to pop the lid off that thing and just God begin to give us good, clear, accurate discernment. How many are willing to let God do that for you so that the body of Christ can come to a new and a higher level? Amen? And so... So what ended up happening is that I started going through a process of training and a process of learning to hear the voice of God. And, I mean, uh, God would show me things that literally sounded crazy sometimes. And I would just go to my husband. I would go to, to, to Bishop Hammond, and I'd say, this is what I feel like God's saying. I remember, I remember one season of time we, had, we were in a real intense time of a lot of spiritual warfare, a lot of spiritual battle. Um, just to kind of help you to understand, when we moved to the place that we are, we're, we're just kind of between Destin and Panama City in the panhandle of Florida. We actually moved to a place that didn't have a whole lot of development, didn't have a whole lot of things in the territory that we, that we were in. But what it did have is about ten identifiable cult groups, witches, Santeria, which is that voodoo that comes out of the Caribbean, uh, psychic gurus, um, Satanists that were crucifying animals along the bay. Um, just, I mean, it was like this complete inundation of the spirit of witchcraft. And God took this little pioneering prophetic church and dropped us down into a territory completely overrun by the spirit of witchcraft and basically said, fight or die. How's that for a great word? And let me tell you, my husband and I are Bible college graduates, but they didn't cover this stuff in Bible college. Okay? They didn't cover when we had decapitated animals thrown on our doorstep. They didn't cover when there was sacrificial blood spilled all over our property by the Satanists who wanted to drive us out. They didn't cover that. But we had to make a decision. And we just, you know what we decided? We decided this territory is not big enough for both of us, and we're not leaving. Okay, And so we had to engage in times of active spiritual warfare. So during one of these times, we were in this, this place of, of spiritual warfare. And, and really, discernment is, a lot of it is just learning to listen to God. Just learning to listen to the voice of the Lord. And so one of these times, I, my, I woke up in the morning and by 7 o'clock, my phone was ringing, ringing, ringing with lots of intercessors. And we had been up at night praying, and, and the Lord had just kind of woken us up in the middle of the night and, and given us some, some, some insight into some things in the Spirit. And the next morning, our phone just started ringing off the wall with intercessors from different parts of the country saying, we feel like there's an assignment against your ministry. And they kept using the same words. They kept saying, you know, the enemy has sent a spirit to oppress you. The enemy has sent a spirit of deception to deceive you. The enemy has sent a spirit uh, to divide you, to cause division in your camp. And this other word that they kept using, the enemy has sent a spirit to defraud you. 
But it's all the intercessors were saying these same things. So I packed up the, the revelation and carried it to, to my husband and Bishop Hammond. I said, this is what the intercessors are saying, and this is what I believe you know, the assignment of the enemy is against us during this season of time. So my father-in-law says, okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to go in and get before the Lord, go behind the veil, and I want you to get the name of that spirit. Now let me just say, I don't believe you have to have a name of a spirit to do battle with it. But for whatever reason, he felt like we needed to do that on that particular time. And so I was like, you know, full of faith and power, and I went, oh, I don't know how to do that. And he just said, you know, basically activate, stir up the spirit, and just basically go do it. You know, no real instruction, but basically go do it, you know. And so I can remember I was driving into town, and uh, we lived probably about an hour from any real shopping. And um, so I was driving into town, and um, y'all, re- y'all relate, huh? Uh, um, and I was driving into town, and it was pouring down rain, and my windshield was fogging up. And I'm just praying, and I'm, I'm driving along kind of whining and complaining and calling it prayer. Okay, God, I don't know how to do this, and I, I'm always put in this position. I don't know how to do, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I said, you know, the, the Lord, the, the intercessors are seeing this, but, Lord, I'm supposed to get the name of the Spirit, but I don't know how to do that. And so I'm pr- driving along, and I'm just quiet for just a second. You know, sometimes if we just shut up for just a second... Can I say shut up in your church? Maybe not. Okay. Um, (laughs) Then God will speak. And in a second, I heard this name. You know, sometimes in the spirit we have not because we ask not. And I asked, but in truth, I didn't exactly expect to receive. But I heard in the spirit this name. And it sounded so crazy. I leaned forward and I wrote it in the, the fog on the windshield. And so I'm driving along looking at this name going, this is crazy. I mean, this is just weird, you know. And I don't like to be weird. Matter of fact, I go overboard to try to teach people not to be weird. But this was just weird, okay. And I'm hearing the name of the spirit. And this is what it sounded like, Tokamene. You don't have to write it down because we already dealt with him, okay. But so I'm thinking, well, what does this mean? So I'm in town, so I pull into a Bible bookstore. This was back in the 80s before we had Google or smartphones. I know that may be a hard thing for some of you young people to even fathom, okay? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Before the Internet, okay? Back in the prehistoric days, okay? <laughs> so I pull into a Bible bookstore, and I just start pulling books off the shelf, and I start looking up what I just heard in the Spirit phonetically in the Strong's Concordance. I don't know Greek. I don't know Hebrew. But I just start looking it up phonetically in the Spirit, in, in the Concordance. And this is what I found. The first three letters that I wrote in the fog on my windshield... Are the, is the, are the letters T-O-K, Tok. And I found this in Hebrew. T-O-K means to oppress, to deceive, to divide, and to defraud. And many, M-E-N-E, means one that has been assigned or appointed to. And my mind got blown that day. And I thought, How rich is the revelation of God if we dare to start pressing into it? And God gave us a strategy to break that assignment off of our ministry, and we were able to advance past that time of battle into a time of victory. Now, again, let me say again, you do not have to have the name of a spirit Don't email me and say, I heard this name of the Spirit. If God gives it to you, you'll have to figure out what it means. 
people, I mean, I have people come up to me saying, I heard the name Mitsubishi. Seriously, okay? Toshiba. Okay, it's probably on your microwave at home, okay? (laughs) If God gives you a name, God will show you what it means. There have been times that I've been in a foreign country and had a dream and and heard the name of a spiritual stronghold, and it ends up being the name of a demonic God that the people of the land worship. It may not make any sense to my natural mind, but my spirit was grabbing a hold of it. Now, I just shared that to kind of break off any limitation that you might have about what God can or can't do, what God can or can't show us. And so... I feel like that there's, uh, there's several things that I want us to kind of understand because I believe that there are um, five areas of discernment that we need to begin to step into. And, and before I, before I uh, go into those, let me read you this um, verse out of 1 Kings chapter 3, and I'm reading in the NIV. And this is the prayer of Solomon when he has just ascended the throne from his father David. And he says, Now, O Lord my God... You have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people too numerous to count or number. So listen to his prayer. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right or wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? How many are familiar with this? story in the scripture. Do you realize that what I'm reading right now is actually a dream that Solomon had? He actually, if you go back and read it, 1 Kings chapter 3, it actually says that he sacrificed to the Lord at Gibeon and he fell asleep and he had a dream. And in the dream, God comes to him and says, what do you want? And he says, give your servant a discerning heart so that I can judge your, rule your people right. And the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this, what did he ask for? Discernment. Since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you will walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and realized it had been a dream. God said, I'm pleased that you've asked me for discernment. I'm pleased that you've asked it for this above wealth, above comfort, above victory over your enemies. But because you've asked me for discernment, I'm going to give you discernment and all the rest. So how high is this on God's priority? It's a very high place of priority. You know why? Because Solomon had just ascended the throne from his father David and was taking the nation through transition. And in case you haven't caught this, the church is in transition right now. And the nation is in transition. And we're going to have to have tremendous wisdom, tremendous discernment for us to navigate that place of of transition to move into the presence of the Lord. So the five areas of discernment I want to talk about. The first one is having the ability to discern the times. Discerning the times. And this I refer to as the Issachar anointing. We know in Scripture, in, um, in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 5, it says that, 
The sons of Issachar were valiant men. Ladies, that doesn't leave us out because the exact same word that is used in the Scripture for valiant man is also the word that is translated virtuous woman in Proverbs chapter 31. Virtuous woman. It's just that the translators couldn't bring themselves to say who can find a valiant woman. Seriously. Okay? Same word. So how many valiant men and valiant women are here today? Amen? But it goes on to say in First Chronicles 12.32, it says that the, that the sons of Issachar had an understanding of the times and they knew what to do. They had an understanding of the times. They were able to discern the times and they knew what to do. I see in that verse both the spirit of revelation and the spirit of wisdom. The revelation to be able to say, this is what's, what the times and the seasons that we're in. And then the, the wisdom to say, and this is how we respond. Because having been around the prophetic since, really, since it got rebirthed into the body of Christ, I have seen a lot of prophetic words come and go and never affect people's lives. I've seen prophetic seasons come and go and never affect people's lives because they hear it with their ears, but they fail to respond. Okay, God is not looking for hearers only. He is looking for those that know how to work with Him and respond. So having an understanding of the times is that prophetic capacity, that prophetic dimension that God wants to bring us into. But then knowing what to do is having that apostolic strategy, that apostolic wisdom that shows us how we are to respond. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18 Paul, Paul prays for the church at Ephesus, which was a city that was completely overrun by the spirit of witchcraft, and said, said, you know, I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Okay? We need the spirit of wisdom and revelation in order to discern the times that we are living in. So, uh, if Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 5 says, A wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment because for every matter... There is a time and a judgment. And Romans chapter 13, verse 11 says, And do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Now it is time to awake out of sleep. We talked yesterday about the awakening. Now it is high time, but we've got to know the time. Because the scripture is very clear. It says that there is the possibility that we can miss our day of visitation. And if we don't know the times, then we're not sensitized to what God wants to do. Then we stand a pretty good chance that we will, in fact, miss our day of visitation. Scripture also talks about times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. There are times and seasons of refreshing. But let me tell you, if you're in a time of refreshing and God says you better go to war, it's a time for war. Wake up the, white, the mighty men. It's time for war. You can be floating in the river and missing what God wants to do. Okay, so we need to be very sensitized about the times and the seasons that we, are, that we are in during this season of time. Matthew chapter 16, verse 3, Jesus said this. When evening comes, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning today, it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but you cannot discern 
the time, signs of the times. He was rebuking them, in case you didn't get that. Okay? So how do we discern the times? Let me give you just several ways that we can kind of discern the times. Number one, through natural events viewed in biblical light. For example, we shared that 20 minutes after we landed um, on Thursday night, there was a 7.3 earthquake in the Aleutians in Alaska. There's a natural event. But how many understand there can be a natural event, but that we need to understand what God is saying in the midst of that natural event. We need to understand that God is talking about a shaking that will bring an awakening. Amen? Over this, over this place and over this land. Amen? We need to understand natural events that are taking place um, uh, throughout our land, throughout our nation. Uh, matter of fact, I, I really believe that we are in a season right now where we really need to be listening to what the, what the Spirit of the Lord is saying regarding our nation As I said last night, we have had an unprecedented year of natural disasters. Ice storms, several ice storms, which were the worst ice storms in the history of our nation as far as measuring it by the damage, billions of dollars of damage. Tornadoes, my dad was a meteorologist with the National Weather Service, but remember the outbreak of tornadoes that happened um, with with the, the storms in Alabama? Typically, this is what my father said, he said typically... When they study tornadoes, and he actually won awards on a national level for his study of tornadoes, um, that he said typically a tornado will stay on the ground at the most 10 to 15 miles. Do you know that they had multiple tornadoes that day that stayed on the ground 300 plus miles? We've got wildfires burning all over our nation right now. We've got floods that are record floods right now. Pray with us about the hurricane season because that's the only one that we haven't really seen yet. (laughs) I think it's very significant that Alaska had an earthquake that caused no damage. A 7.3 earthquake. I mean, I know y'all get earthquakes all the time. You're like, eh, earthquake, earthquake. You know, what what big deal is it? You know, 7.3. Okay, Hades earthquake wasn't that much. Okay, I think it was a 7.2 and you saw what it did there. But I think it's significant that God brought an earthquake to Alaska that didn't damage anything. To me, you see the hand of God in that, saying, I'm shaking this state to bring an awakening. Okay? Not to harm you, not to destroy you, not to damage you. I'm shaking you to bring you into an awakening. So you see, we can look at natural events things that are happening in the earth, and we can begin to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying as a result of that. Amen? We can see uh, it through the, the study of natural symbols and numbers for the year. It's the season. I, I, some people say, well, that's numerology. I think that we have to understand that the Bible is filled with, with symbols and significance that when God speaks, I mean, I don't think it's just by chance that there were 12 tribes and then 12 disciples. Because 12 is God's number of government, right? Okay, so if we study the significance that God uses about numbers, then it just kind of helps us to understand what God is saying. One of the things that I think is significant about the number 11, because there's not a whole lot in the Word about the number 11. Um, I, I will be sharing some here tomorrow morning about the fact that, um, that Joseph was the 11th son. And I believe that this is a year of a Joseph anointing that God is releasing. 
in the midst of the earth. Amen? But I also, this is what I felt like the Lord kind of spoke to me about the number 11. And that is this, that the number 10 represents judgment. Ten plagues. Okay? You have the ten toes on Nebuchadnezzar's statue that crumble and the whole thing. Okay, ten actually represents judgment. Twelve represents government and justice. And between God's judgment and God's justice is God's mercy. And I believe that this is a year of phenomenal mercy. Matter of fact, James says, mercy triumphs over judgment. How many are thankful for mercy? (laughs) How many are thankful that this year God can cause any situations that are judgments over our life to be turned to mercy? Amen. So you see, as you listen to the Lord from His Word, we can begin to gain some understanding about perhaps what some of the significance of that is. Um, one of the other things that I, uh, ways that we hear the discerning of the times is through the through the voice of the Lord, through prophetic sensings or prophetic prophetic words, prophetic timing. Um, uh, this year, I felt like the Lord said that we have entered into a time where we would see our greatest expectations fulfilled and our dreams come into a place of being realized. Now, I was super excited about that because the last few years, the word of the Lord hasn't quite been so promising. And it started for us back in in, um, 2007 when the Lord gave me a powerful word out of the story of Gideon. Gideon, whose name means warrior. And the Lord started talking to us about it being a season of shifting because Gideon literally broke them out of the Midianite oppression and God raised him up and, and brought a new season in, in, in the land. And as I delivered the word of the Lord at the beginning of the year, um, I, I was preaching about that and I said that this would be a year of tremendous shifting and that there would be, remember Gideon's story, a sifting in the shifting. Remember God sifted them down from being 10,000 down to 300. Okay, and I just kind of, that was like a little phrase in the middle of the word of the Lord. And as the year went on, it was like all hell broke loose. Can I say hell in your church? Okay, all right. All hell was breaking loose. And I went to my husband, I was like, man, what is going on? And he goes, well, baby, you prophesied this. I was like, I did not. He's like, yes, you did. You said there was going to be a sifting in the shifting. And I said, well, why did you let me say that? And he threw his hands up like, do I have any control over what you say, okay? (laughs) But we were in a season of sifting. And the Lord said to us locally, you're in a season of sifting. Listen, when you understand God's time, you can pray, you can beg. You can cry, you can war, you can do all of that, but when God says it's a time to sift, you better just buckle your seatbelt and let God do what he needs to do. <laughs> Seriously, okay? So we started, we started sifting. Our territory, our area, was probably the epicenter of the real estate boom. So in 2007, it was also the epicenter of the real estate bust. And before, 15 months before the rest of the nation felt it, our economy shifted. God said, this is going to be a year of shifting. And we all hear, yay, shifting. <laughs> Read between the lines, okay? <laughs> sifting in the shifting. 
We went from having our most prosperous year in 2006 to being devastated in 2007. 70% in our church worked in some form of the real estate market. Building, development, banking, um, real estate, construction. Our son-in-law ran a very successful roofing company where it's a small roofing company, but in 2006, I think he did like 53 roofs. In 2007, he did three. And we went into a season of sifting. Then in 2008, the word of the Lord was about shaking. Oh, yay. And I heard the word of the Lord come. I heard this prophetic word, and I had to believe it because I was the one that prophesied it. How many think it's a good idea if a prophet believes what she prophesies, okay? I'm prophesying away at this conference, and I hear these words come out of my mouth. The Lord says, quit complaining about the shaking because the shaking is an answer to your prayer. How many have been praying for this nation? You think that God's just going to just drift us into tremendous breakthrough without there being some shaking? Come on, I think that we entered a season where everything that could be shaken was being shaken so that that which could not be shaken would remain. And so, yay, the word of the Lord for 2008 was about shaking. So we went from sifting to shaking. 2009, the word was about alignment. Well, that sounds pretty good, getting aligned with God's purposes. We were at the Maui Conference at King's Cathedral with Chuck Pierce that year, (laughs) September 2009. Now, listen, our, our congregation, we, at this point, probably lost a third of our congregation. Nobody left mad. Nobody left offended. They just had to go other places to find work. Okay? And there was, you know, people loved us. They just had to go. But it was hard. Sifting. But things had kind of leveled out for us. And we're sitting at the Maui conference with Chuck Pierce, and Dr. Morocco's actually up uh, introducing him that night. And Chuck leans over, and he taps, us, taps Tom on the leg, and he says, By the way, I was praying for you guys today, and God gave me a word for you. And we're like, Yes, a word. And he says, The Lord shows me that y'all are getting ready to go through ten months of sifting. And then he got up to preach, and I was like, No, wait, come back. What you meant to say, listen, what you meant to say is we just went through, right, Chuck? That's what you meant to say. I talked to him later. I was like, didn't you mean to say we've just been through 10 months of sifting? And he goes, no. I just see y'all are getting ready to go through 10 months of sifting. And I was like, well, who asked you, Chuck? Did I ask you for a word? Can't you ever say anything nice? And he's like, don't shoot the messenger, you know. I love Chuck Pierce. How many of you, you know, have you all had Chuck Pierce up here? He's awesome. He's, I can take 20. Is he coming? Oh, awesome. Listen, I can take 20 pages of notes from Chuck. And he gets done preaching. And I'm like, man, that was awesome. I have no idea what he said whatsoever. <laughs> but he's awesome. Yeah, he's very much an Issachar prophet. Okay. But understand that when God said 10 more months of sifting, We had to buckle our seatbelts again. But he said, but at the end of those 10 months, you'll enter into a gathering season. And so we counted forward 10 months. We circled it on the calendar. And we said gathering. And do you know what? That month, something shifted. And we shifted out of sifting into gathering. I want you to understand this because if we don't understand the times, we'll work against God. Dreams and visions can give you insight. 
Dreams and visions can begin to bring you to a place where you understand what God is trying to accomplish at that time in your life. I had a dream that I call my turnip greens dream. Some of y'all might have heard it last year, but I dreamed this really profound dream years ago when we first started pastoring. I dreamed, do y'all know what turnip greens are? Okay. Do y'all eat them up here? It's kind of more of a southern thing, but, you know, I don't like turnip greens. I'm just going to be really honest. I can't stand turnip greens, okay? You might say, because you you haven't had my turnip greens. I don't want your turnip greens, okay? I don't like them, all right? They're nasty, okay? I just don't like them at all. Don't make me turnip greens and bring them and say, here, try these. I won't eat them, okay? But I had this dream, and in the dream, I pulled up into my driveway, and somebody had pulled all the grass out of my yard. And instead of beautiful, a beautiful lawn, instead I had row after row of turnip greens. That was the whole dream. That was the whole, did it bless you? Okay. It was the whole dream. All right. So I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking, what a strange dream. And I get up and I get dressed and I kind of just blew it off thinking, yeah, it's, a, it's one of those pizza dreams. Got to get my book. You'll learn all about pizza dreams. Okay. All right. I didn't really think that seriously about it. But I'm getting ready to go to the store, and I I pull up into the parking lot of the store, and I'm walking from my car into the grocery store, and this little bitty wrinkled, toothless man, seriously, walks up to me and puts a bunch of turnip greens in my face and says, you want to buy some turnip greens? And I just had this dream. And I'm like, no, I don't want your turnip greens. And I turned around and got back in my car, and I said, okay, God, what are you trying to say to me about turnip greens? Now listen, if you're going to ask God what he's trying to say, you better be willing to hear what he's trying to say. Because this is what the Lord said to me. He said, I'm getting ready to take you through a time when I'm going to pluck up the things that are pleasant and comfortable in your life and replace them with things that you won't like but are good for you. Blah. What a horrible... How many want a prophecy right now, okay? (laughs) But you know that's exactly what he was doing in my life at that time. And when I understood the time that I was in, it gave me the ability to cooperate with God rather than fight against him. Because you see, there had been things that I had said to the Lord, God, I will never do this. I will never do that. Now listen, if you don't get anything out of anything else I say today, get this. Never, ever say never to God. I think he takes it as a personal challenge, okay? We say, I will never, and he goes, oh yeah, we'll just see about that. And there were things that I said I would never do. When I graduated from high school, I felt the call of God on my life, and there was two things I said I would never do. I would never be a secretary, and I would never be a pastor's wife. I want you to know when I graduated from Bible college, I married this man over here. He did not want to be a pastor, by the way. I may not have married him. I don't know. You know, I probably would have still married you, honey. But I was never going to be a secretary. I was never going to be a pastor's wife. I married him. The next week, I started working as a secretary And I worked as a secretary until I became a pastor's wife, okay? So just never, ever say never to God. But I want you to understand God gave me this dream to help me understand the things that he wanted to deal with. And let me tell you, I had to eat the word never. Things that I said I would never do, I had to eat it. And it was nasty. tasted like bitter turnip greens to me. 
but it made me who I am today. When I yielded my will to God's will, and I knew that that's what it was about, it was not pleasant and it was not comfortable. Listen, I heard somebody say one time, God came to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Okay? So if you've grown comfortable, God may stir you up and challenge you. And you need to understand the times of God. You need to understand the dealings of God so that you can work with Him and not against Him. Amen? Dreams and visions can bring us that revelation. So all of these things can kind of work together. The Scripture, of course, can, can begin to bring, bring it to help us understand that. But one of the second things that I want to talk about is discerning the Spirit of God. And I spent a long time on discerning the times because I felt like you are in that time of visitation. Okay? In this time of visitation, the second thing we need to understand is that we need to discern the Spirit of God. What is God and what is not God? Okay, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 3 says, Yes, if you cry out for discernment, listen to this, this is a great scripture. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. What a powerful scripture. Listen to that again. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and you lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 3 through 9. That's kind of a shortened version. We're in a time of transition. In times of transition and times of revival, not everything that claims to be from God is from God. And sadly, we just saw this with the huge revival that happened down in Lakeland. There were portions of it that had the Spirit of God on it. But there was a whole lot else that was not the Spirit of God. Can I just say that? Let me just say, the revival that God brings is going to be filled with holiness. It's going to be filled with holiness and righteousness. And you know what alarmed me? Is how willing people were to accept the sin for the sake of revival. Because there was a lot of sin that went on in that camp. And even when people recognized it, they said, yeah, but God was moving. That alarms me. I believe that God wants to bring revival, but I believe He wants to establish His throne with righteousness and with justice. Not with compromise. Not with seeing how, how, how much can we get away with. As long as God's healing, as long as God's moving, as long as people are getting saved, we can live like the devil in our private life. It angers me. A righteous anger. Because what foundation is it built on? We've got to be able to discern the Spirit of God, where the Spirit of the Lord is. There's liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is moving. Listen, we were in Russia. And we were in St. Petersburg and, and walking through a beautiful old cathedral, St. Isaac's Cathedral. It's one of the few churches that, the, that the, the godless atheistic Soviets didn't blow up. They literally just blew up churches all over Russia. And it's a beautiful old cathedral that they didn't blow up, but it's basically a museum. You know, I mean, it's basically tourists come in and look around and just see the museum. But we kind of wandered around, and there was this little side chapel 
And I walked into this little side chapel in this cathedral, and it was literally like there was a heavenly portal that was open, and there was anointing poured out. You know what? I didn't expect to find the Spirit of God in this old, ancient cathedral that was a museum. But somebody had been there praying. Somebody had been there opening a portal in heaven and praying God's glory down to earth. We need to understand that God is doing phenomenal things in the earth today. And we need to understand that we need to be very active in understanding that we can discern the Spirit of God. You don't have to be in church to discern the Spirit of God. We need to be discerning the Spirit of God, God wanting to move out there. We need to be, be able to discern the Spirit of God and what God wants to do in, in our hearts and lives, wherever we are. Hearing God's voice, discerning God's voice. Listen, we were in a time of, a, of outpouring in our church um, in the mid-1990s. Um, and we were in a time that was, that was times of refreshing. How many were around in the body of Christ during the time where the Toronto Blessing, um, uh, Holy Laughter, Carpet Time, um, all that? How, y'all, were y'all have, how many of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about? Okay, yeah, all the young kids. Okay, no, yeah. <laughs> it was just this phenomenal time. In the Lord, where, you know, Scripture says times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. And it was a time when there was just this, this place where people would just come for hours and hours and hours and hours and just lay on the carpet and meet with God. Sometimes they'd laugh, sometimes they'd cry, but it was just this phenomenal time of just letting God move. I mean, during that season of time, we had meetings every night at our church for about five months. And we basically had no agenda. We'd come in, we'd start worshiping. If we made it through worship without the whole worship team being on the floor, um, then we, we didn't have an agenda. We weren't preaching a message. I mean, we didn't have, like, prepared messages. God just moved. It was an incredible, phenomenal time. And how that all started with us is we had a gentleman that came in and ministered in our church, and we set aside about two weeks of meetings, morning, noon, and night. And we were into the second week of meetings, and people were getting... How many have heard the phrase, drunk in the spirit? Okay, basically, how many have ever been drunk in the spirit? Okay, basically, it's like, man, just an incredible time where you don't really care. I mean, we've never, I've never been drunk in the natural, so I can't compare it. But, um, you know, I saw some pretty interesting stuff happen. Okay, and this guy brought this team in. And the team was, you know, we're helping to lay hands on people and, and everything. And uh, I was one of those people they laid hands on, and I, and I fell out in the power of God, and I laid on the carpet. And everybody around me was laughing. But every day I'd come and I'd meet with God, and I'd just cry. Oh, God, everybody was laughing, but I'm crying, you know. And like the third night of the meeting, the guy, the minister, was walking around, and he was ministering to people, and he accidentally kicked me in the head. And I started laughing. So... It might be an activation we could try later with some of you if you'd like, you know. <laughs> but, but we were about the second week into the meeting, and this minister gets up, and he says, he, he says you know, uh, he says, I've just heard some tremendous testimonies from the last place that I ministered, and uh, I'm going to go up here on this pulpit. He says, you know, I want somebody in, you know, from my team to come up and read this testimony. He says, so-and-so, come on up here. Well, they're over there going, (sighs) 
So they start coming up, and they can't even walk. So the ushers come over, and they help them get up on the platform. And they take the testimony, and they're like, And pretty soon they go, and the Lord, and pretty soon they're falling out on the floor, okay, up on the platform. So the guy goes over, and he takes the the testimony. He goes, okay, they didn't do so good with that. Let me get one of my other team members. So-and-so, why don't you come on up here? Okay, now, I want you to understand. I was sitting on the front row of our church, and here's what I'm thinking. Now, we've just been through at least a week of these phenomenal meetings, and I'm thinking, okay, but that kind of looks fake. Y'all don't look at me like that. Every one of you thought it at some point in time, okay? And I'm thinking, okay, that, that kind of looks kind of fake, you know? And so he calls another team member up, and they're like ten times worse than the person before them. Okay, they can't even like walk at all, and they're like carrying him up on the platform. And he's like ten times worse, just laughing and trying to read it, and just, you know, pretty soon he's on the floor with the other person. Okay, so you got two people rolling on the platform laughing. And I am, I am at this point now, I'm actually getting kind of offended for God. Because this move of God has been so powerful and so real. And I'm sorry, but you know what? Just read the testimony for heaven's sakes, okay? You don't have to do all that stuff, okay? Just, you know. And so at this point, the guy goes, you know what? My team does not seem to be doing very good reading this testimony. He says, let me see. Pastor Jay, why don't you come on up here and read this testimony? He probably saw the smoke of angry indignation that was coming out of my ears. Now, I was still smiling. I wasn't like, you know, everybody else was laughing, but I was getting offended for God, okay? And so he says, you know, Pastor Jane, I want you to come up and read this testimony. And I'm thinking in my heart, okay, bless God, I will go read the testimony, okay? (laughs) And so I get up from my chair, and under my own power, I start walking up to the platform, okay? I'm going to go read the testimony. My foot hits that first step, and I go, whoa, and I am on the ground in a puddle, crying out for mercy from God. And at this point, the ushers had to come like they did my predecessors, and they had to help me up onto the platform. But I could not walk at all. I had noodle legs, and I'm going, God, I am so sorry. Literally, my feet were doing this up the steps, okay? They get me up onto the platform. They put me, they just stand me up, and they kind of drape me over this man. And I've got a hold of his tie, and I can't stand up. And he's like going, okay, Jane, that's good. And he kind of takes me and just kind of lays me. I I swear, I could not stand up. I promise you. I could not stand up. But something inside of me said, bless God, I am going to read this testimony. This testimony that got me in all this trouble to start with, I am going to read this testimony if it kills me. 
So I go to read the testimony. And I swear to you, my tongue stuck to the roof of my mouth. I couldn't control it. It literally stuck to the roof of my mouth. But I read the entire testimony with my tongue stuck to the roof of my mouth because I did not discern the move of the Spirit of God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Okay, so I would love to tell you that that was the end of the story. Oh, would I love to tell you that. But what happened next is that I went the way of my predecessors. Okay, I read the testimony and I got up to leave the platform, repenting before God the whole way. And as I went to move off the platform... The Spirit of God hit me. No catchers caught me, okay? None of this nice little religious fallback, okay? I went flying across the platform. Now, we were in the second week of meetings, and this was before I was wearing pants to church very much. I had on a very long skirt, came down to like here. But let me just say, it doesn't really matter how long your skirt is. If when you fall down, your legs go straight up in the air. And at this point, I was very drunk in the spirit. And my legs went up in the air, and I thought it was the most hysterical thing in the world. And the poor drop cloth ladies, you all know the ladies that throw drapes on you? Like they were throwing everything they had at me, okay? And my poor husband had to run up onto the platform, wrestle my legs to the ground, and throw his body over my legs to try to repair what was left of the shreds of my dignity. People say, oh, well, God would never do that. He's a gentleman. Oh, I beg to differ. They called me Flasher Pastor for weeks after that. Thank God it was before we were videotaping anything. Let me tell you something. Just because your flesh might be uncomfortable with something that happens doesn't mean that it's not God. And just because maybe you've never seen it that way before doesn't mean it's not God. But just because people are getting healed doesn't mean it is. Come on. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not ever going to get you guys back now. I can see that. <laughs> How many want to be able to discern the Spirit of God so you don't have to repeat my mistakes, okay? <laughs> oh, Jesus, help us all, okay? Let me touch on just a couple more areas, if I can. I don't know if I can get you all back enough. All right, number three discerning angels. This is very important. This is very, very important. I am not somebody I have seen through the eye of my spirit, 
I've seen angels through the eye of my spirit. I have seen visions of angels. I have never personally had a face-to-face encounter with an angel. But how many have? Who here has? Several people have that are here. Okay? I just had an encounter with an angel. I didn't see anything. And I didn't, and I, I didn't actually see the angel, but I was in a hotel room in Michigan about a month ago. And my alarm had gone off, and as I confessed to you, I liked that last ten minutes in bed. I had snuggled back under the covers, and I kind of turned, you know, turned my back and just kind of was snuggled under the covers and was just sitting there just praying in the Spirit for just a few minutes before I got out of the bed. And all of a sudden, I felt a hand on my shoulder shake me really hard and say, Wake up! I mean, shook my whole body. And I turned my head, and I, I didn't see anything, but I knew that there had just been an angel in the room. And I laid there for a while, and I prayed, and I said, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And he says, you need to wake up so that you can wake others up. That's why I have such a passion to talk about awakening right now. But we need to understand that in this season, that there will be increased angelic activity. The word is filled with angelic encounters. You can't discount it and you can't dismiss it. Psalms 104.4 says, Who makes his angels spirits, his ministers a flame of fire. Exodus 3.2 says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. Okay? But let me just, let me just say that while angels are sent to protect and deliver the saints, to lead, you know, lead people where they need to go, to direct us, to... I mean, on and on and on. I don't have a lot of time to teach on angels, but how many accept the fact that the angels are are sent here to minister to us on behalf of the Spirit of God and to give us messages? Let let me tell you, Gabriel came and interpreted dreams for Daniel. I think that's a really easy and cool way to get a dream interpreted. God sent Gabriel, okay? But let me just give you some cautions about angels because you have to understand That scripture says Satan himself can be transformed as an angel of light. Okay? And so let me just give you a few things that we need to be aware of with angels. Number one, angels are not to be worshipped or revered more than God. I'm alarmed by people that are out there seeking angelic encounters rather than seeking encounters with God and the Holy Spirit. Okay? We need to understand that the message must always be consistent with the written word of God. Paul said this, he said, If I or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which is preached, let him be cursed. We actually have two major world religions today that are the result of false angelic encounters. We have the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, otherwise known as Mormons. And this comes out of false revelation by an angel named Moroni. How do I know it's false? Because it's inconsistent with the Genesis to Revelation Word of God. The second major world religion is Islam. You know that the whole, the whole Koran is supposedly visitations by the angel Gabriel to Muhammad. Did you all know that? How do I know that it's not true? Because it's not the gospel. Okay? So it needs to be consistent with the Genesis to Revelation word of God. Okay? Now I'm going to start meddling. All right? Other than Michael and Gabriel, angels aren't given names in the Bible. And everywhere I go, people are going, oh, I heard this angel, and his name was this, and his name was this, and his name was this. I think we need to be careful about that. Okay? Because the word is our, pre- is our precedent, okay? And I just don't see the precedent. We see characteristics of angels, 
but we don't necessarily see names other than Gabriel and Michael. Okay? Here's an important thing. Angels are not sent here to hang out with us and be our friends. They are sent from the throne of God to deliver a message. And yet I have people that say, oh, my angel's with me all the time. Oh, we have conversations. We hang out. There's a place um, in the mountains of Appalachia where people talk about playing tag with angels and all this kind of stuff. That's not the way. I mean, most of the time in scriptures when people have an angelic encounter, they are like on their face with the fear of God. I suspect that if angels are hanging out with you 24-7, you might be dealing with a familiar spirit, not an angel. Okay? I know I'm getting a little heavy right now. But you know what? This is what we've got to talk about. If, if you're going to be, if Wasilla and Alaska are coming into visitation, you're going to have all kind of weirdness happening. So we need to spend time looking in the Word, okay? Depi- okay, here's a good one. Depictions in the Bible of angels are always male and human. They look like humans. Okay, now there's seraphim and cherubim, and they have lots of eyes. I hope that I don't ever meet one of those here on the earth because I think it would scare me half to death. They have, seraphim and cherubim have wings. The angels that you see in Scripture don't have wings. They're usually male, and they're usually tough. Okay? Just looking at scriptural precedents. Angels, here's an important one. Angels work for God, not for us. Okay? We can ask God to send angels, but they're not ours to command. Psalms 103.20 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you hosts, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. Not our word, not our will, not our pleasure. Okay? So we need to understand what the Bible has to say about angels. And if you have angelic encounters, be sure you're submitting whatever you're hearing from God to your pastor or to your leader to keep you covered in that. Okay? Because I believe that that's a very important thing to understand that God is doing. Okay? Number four, discerning demonic spirits. This is usually where people just usually go, oh, yeah, well, I discern demons and da-da-da. Let me just say this. Only one-third of the angels fell. That means that there are two-thirds more angels than there are demons. So maybe we ought to be seeing angels twice as much as we're seeing devils. Okay? But I do know that we need to discern what the devil's doing. We need to have discernment to be able to bring deliverance to people. We need to be able to have discernment to cast devils out. How many believe that devils still need to be cast out? Okay? Um, That devils still have assignments of death that they want to bring. I could tell you story after story. Let me just say that um, that I was in Nicaragua in 2009, and as I was preaching a message, all of a sudden I saw this very, very dark, demonic cloud over the nation, and I could see this black trumpet being blown, blowing a, a, a clarion call for demonic forces to come together over the land in Nicaragua. And so I began to describe what I was seeing, and the people started just erupting, standing up and shouting and praying and everything. And I'm kind of like, going, wow, what is, what is it that I'm seeing? And I later found out that the president of Nicaragua, his wife, is, uh, he's Daniel Noriega. No, 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 Ortega. Ortega. And his wife is a self-proclaimed witch. She actually says that she's the bride of Satan. The wife of the president. Yeah, she's actually painted the presidential palace black. And... 
apparently that morning she had issued, and what I, what I saw was this dark force coming together for the purpose of invoking natural disasters in the land so that, um, so that the demonic agenda could go forward governmentally in the country. Okay? Destabilize the land and cause, you know, a destabilization. So I saw the strategies of hell, and I began to speak it forth. Well, what I later found out was that that morning she had called all the witches and occultists to come together that night, which actually happened to be October 31st, Halloween night, okay? And that what they were going to do, their agenda, was to pray for her husband's agenda to be able to move forward. And people on the inside said that they were literally praying for the invoking of natural disaster, earthquakes, hurricanes, etc. But we prayed that day, and we cut off the agenda of the enemy. How many think that we've actually got that kind of power? To see into the spirit, just like Elisha saw into the spirit the entrapment of the Syrian king, and they never fell into his ambushments. Okay? So two days later, a late-season hurricane developed right off the coast of Nicaragua and was coming, making a beeline right for the shores of Nicaragua. Very, very far south, very, um, un- very uh, not, not typical for hurricanes to be that far south. And uh, they were saying it was going to cause massive flooding, landslides, and disaster. But see, we had just prayed two days before and had gone before the enemy's plan. And so right when that hurricane was getting ready to come to shore, it stopped and took a 90-degree angle north and moved directly north. Did not come ashore, caused a little bit of rain along the coast, and they actually needed rain along the coast. So they got a little bit of rain, it moved north, and there was no damage whatsoever in Nicaragua. Amen? That's what we need to understand. We've been given that kind of authority. All right? Now, we forgot. It actually moved straight north and hit us in Florida. So, you know, we forgot that part of the prayer. But um, (laughs) it didn't hurt us yet. So the fifth area. And the final area is that we need to be aware of discerning human spirits. Because you may discern something in a person that's not a demon. It's the human spirit. And how do we deal with it when we discern something like that? I want to give you just a few keys for that so that we don't do the wrong thing. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11 and 12 says, The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The thoughts and the intents of the heart. So here's some keys that I think will help you not to blow it when you discern things aren't right in a person. Okay? Number one something important for you to remember is that immature actions aren't always an indicator of a demonic spirit. Somebody may be immature, but it doesn't mean they've got a demon. Matter of fact, I think it would be easier if they had a demon, we could cast the demon out of them and they could grow up. Okay? But the thing is, you can't cast out self. And self is the self is the problem here, guys. Okay, okay. So, and so, immature actions aren't always an indicator of a demonic spirit. Okay, we need to guard against emotionally sensing something out of opinions that we've already formed and calling it discernment. 
okay, and labeling it spiritual discernment. For every person that you think you've discerned, somebody's probably discerned you, okay? And yet, there really is a place where you may discern something about a person. And it could be demonic or it could be something about that person. Okay? Sometimes if you get a reaction that is an emotional reaction for no other reason, for no reason at all, it may be because you're discerning something. Have you ever met somebody and they smile right, they talk right, they're likable, and yet you know something's not right there? Okay? You need to pay attention to it. Don't judge them. Withhold judgment, but be aware of that reaction. Okay? Or sometimes I get a physical reaction. If there's an unclean spirit, sometimes I get physically sick. Sick to my stomach if there's an unclean spirit. Okay? But I remember this one night that we were in a service, and I saw a gentleman come into the back. I was on the worship team, and I saw a gentleman come into the back of the church, and he was dressed nicely, a nice-looking man. And as soon as he walked in the church, I wanted to come off the platform and go back and punch him in the face. Okay? <laughs> I didn't. Y'all will be happy to know that I didn't, okay? But that's what I wanted to do. I, there was something about him that made me so angry. And I watched him through worship. He worshiped. He lifted his hands. He entered in. And I just thought, you know, you are just so judgmental and critical. You just need to just shut your mouth and just, you know, shut it down. And so the service went on, and we had a great message, and they were doing some activations at the end, and we had somebody up front, and we were asking people to get words for them. And this guy comes over, and he gets in line. And I'm holding the microphone doing this activation, and I see this guy get in line, and I get angry again. And the closer he gets, I'm getting angrier and angrier. Seriously. Like, I just I wanted to hit him. And he comes up, and he gives this prophetic word, and it's a good prophetic word, and the person was blessed. And I thought, man, you are just, you are so judgmental. What is the matter with you? I, I went home and I cried that night because I'm, I just felt like, man, what is, what is wrong with you? But there was never a time I could, the guy started coming to our church. And there was never a time that I could be with, I tried to override that feeling by trying to be nice to him and try to get to know him and all this kind of stuff. Well, he was in our church about four weeks. When we found out that he came in, he targeted several of the single women was sleeping with them and taking his money, taking their money. He came in the back door of our church as a wolf. He knew how to play the games. But he was a wolf. How many think maybe I should have just hit him the first night, okay? <laughs> I've kind of wondered about that. I don't think my husband has actually given me permission to ever actually physically hit somebody. But I've kind of wondered about that. Maybe I should have just right there and then, Okay. But see, I had, a, I had an emotional reaction that didn't make any sense to my head. And if you have that, then I would encourage you to share that with probably one of your leaders. Beware of familiar spirits, though. What is a familiar spirit? It's something in you that can taint the way that you view others. Okay, for example, we had a lady in our church that she wasn't in our church three weeks, and she had pretty much accused everybody in leadership of being controlling. Well, pastor's controlling, and my life group leader's controlling, and the worship leader's controlling, and the children's minister is controlling, and this one's controlling. What do you think her issue was? She wasn't in control. Okay, so it becomes like rose-tinted glasses. You view the world 
out of the prism of your own familiar spirit. It's kind of like the story of the little boy that thought he'd play a trick on his grandfather. His grandfather was laying on the couch, and he went and he took a little piece of Limburger cheese. You know that's that real stinky, stinky cheese? And took a little piece of it and stuck it right there on his grandpa's mustache. So when his grandpa woke up, he was like, wow, this room really stinks. And he walks around the house, and he's like, man, this whole house stinks. So he goes out on his porch, and he's like, man, the whole world stinks. The moral of the story is when the whole world stinks, it's probably something under your own nose. Okay, if you're always like, oh, that person has lust, that person has lust, that person has lust. Enough said, okay? (laughs) Beware of familiar spirits. Okay, guard against false responsibility. Here's a trick, a trick that the enemy loves to play, is that once you start seeing things, you think it's now your responsibility to fix everything that you see. You bring it to your pastor, and maybe he doesn't move on it as fast as you think he does. He should. Your pastor doesn't do what you think he ought to do. Okay? Because, see, I actually am, am married to my, my husband and my, my father-in-law, who's my spiritual covering, are two very, very mercy-motivated men. And so I would tell them what I'd see, and I'd be like, well, you've got to do something. See, what I wanted is, see, my philosophy was just shoot them and tell God they died, okay? <laughs> Listen, into every relationship, God puts somebody, it says, behold the goodness and the severity of God. How many know God is both goodness and severity? And in every relationship, God puts somebody that's more the goodness of God. I want you to know that's my husband. Okay? I'm the other half. Some of y'all are looking at me, but let me just tell you, you know it's true. Somebody's going to be a little more mercy motivated. Others are going to be a little bit more judgment. Okay? This is the way I like to say it. My husband likes to see things in terms of gray. The full, spe- the full spectrum, he says. Okay? I am black and white. It is either black or it's white. I have, I have had to learn mercy. I've had to learn. Now, just, this is how God got to me. He said, Jane, you love mercy when it's you. When you're the one that needs it. How many love mercy when you need mercy? Okay. But let me tell you, with everybody else, I didn't have a whole lot of mercy. And my husband would have to say, honey, God is not showing you these things so that you can kill them. God is not showing you these things so that you can judge them or you can be critical of them. God is not showing you these things. He says the gifts are given to edify. That means build up. Edify the body. You know, now the wolf, you just shoot wolves, right? Okay, you just shoot them, right? But when we're dealing with each other, we need to understand that there is no excuse not to walk in love. And I had to grow in mercy, and I had to grow in love. 
My husband is very black. My husband sees things in terms of gray. He's very, very merciful. And what can happen sometimes is when you're in a relationship, either in a marriage relationship or a pastoral relationship or a relationship on a team, what we tend to do is we judge people that are not just like us. And we spend all our energy trying to get them to be like us rather than celebrating the differences that God has put inside of us. And what we do is we start judging each other's strength. Okay? Because somebody that's, that's more like my husband um, will judge people that are like me as being harsh, judgmental, critical, unwise. We make snap decisions. We, we, we make snap judgments. People that are like me just know what we think. We know. What's that? What did you say? Jump to conclusions, all of that, okay? People that are like me can judge people that are like him as being wishy-washy. I'm not saying that he is, but I'm saying this is how we can judge each other and take a long time to make a decision. They do. They process, okay? Okay, like when I go grocery shopping, okay, and I want to buy ice cream, I go and I look in the ice cream, okay? I'm like, mm, chocolate chip, good, put it in the cart. Okay, my husband has to compare all the different ice cream, narrow it down to which is the best deal, and then usually we'll bring home three because he didn't, couldn't decide on one. <laughs> People like me, just, we just make decisions, whether they're right or wrong, we, and, the, and sometimes it's not wise. Okay? Sometimes, sometimes we can judge each other. Now, just be honest. Now, how many of you tend to be a little bit more like, like my husband? You tend to be mercy motivated. You tend to kind of want to take everything into consideration. Um, you tend to kind of want to... Go ahead. You can put your hands up. Okay. Okay. Very good. Now, how many of you are more like me? You tend to see things in black and white. Okay, very good. Okay, now this is what it looks like from, me, from my view up here. I say, how many of you are more like my husband? You see things in terms of gray. You're merciful. You kind of go. Okay, I say, how many are more like me? Before the words are out of my mouth, you've got two hands and one foot in the air. Me, 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 me. Now, how many of you, be honest, did not raise your hand on either one? You know why? You're more like my husband. I just didn't give you time enough to process. Okay? (laughs) Yeah, that's what my husband says, too. I'm balanced. Now, listen, I've had to learn mercy. And as I've grown in ministry, you can ask my husband, sometimes I'm more merciful than he is now. And there's times that he's a lot more, like, straight and lay down the law, and and I'm kind of like, why did you have to be so mean? And he's looking at me like, who are you, and what have you done with my wife, you know? (laughs) But can we recognize that there are strengths and weaknesses in the human spirit? Okay, so we've got to guard against becoming critical or judgmental. We've got to guard against false responsibility. We've got to guard against seeing something in the Spirit and feeling like it's our job to deal with it. This is what the Lord said to me one day. He said, Jane, I told you that I had anointed you to see the wolf and to see the snake 
not kill the wolf and kill the snake. False responsibility will burn you out. And usually you'll overstep your authority. Well, nobody else is doing anything. Okay. Submit yourself to your leadership. Submit yourself to your leadership. What? But they don't see it the way I see it. They don't understand it. Guess what? God has given the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I had to learn to submit my revelation to his wisdom. And he had to learn that sometimes I see things and hear things that don't make any sense as far as wisdom goes. And he's had to learn to trust my, with my discernment. Can you see the picture that God wants to bring for the body of Christ? So we've got to be careful in how we handle the, the, the issues of discernment, especially when, in regards to leadership. Let me just close this by saying that if you are discerning things, your first responsibility is to pray. Pray before you say anything. Okay? Now, I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to believe that God is going to release a new level of discernment. So I want you to put your notes down and stand up. And we are going to pray for you. And then we're going to activate you. We're going to have you pair up and discern each other's demons. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just really, I'm just kidding. Yeah? My husband just said, do you, do you want to just want you to just come share that real quick? Um, and the other key is when you're discerning something, you always can share up, okay? Like my wife said before, sharing sideways, you know, or something might be gossip or might put you in a compromising position. But the important thing is you should always have an open heart. To, if, you, if you're called somewhere and you have a leadership, then if you're there, then you should trust them because that's why you should be there, all right? And so if you trust them, then you should be able to share up. I'll always be open. What we've always told our elders and our leaders is that never let somebody uh, try to position you where, okay, I'm going to share this with you, but you can't tell your pastors. You can't, because we are their protection. We are their covering. And so we say, you've got to tell them, I may not if I don't feel like it's necessary, but I've got to be able to if I feel like I need to because they're my covering, they're my protection, okay? So that's what always keeps us in right relationship, always keeps us connected where we're going to be covered and protected and blessed the way God intended and keeps us operating on the right grounds of authority that God's given to us. Amen? All right, let's just lift up our hands and agree together that God would release what we need for this generation, for this season. Father, we pray right now, and we take the apostolic authority granted unto us in the name of Jesus, and we administer the things of the Spirit as well as the Word. And so you said the new covenant ministers would be those that would minister both the Word and the Spirit. And so we believe that we have a capacity to impart the releases of your gifts and your Spirit 
by the anointing. And so, Lord, when Apostle Paul said he was going to the church at Rome, he said, I long that I might come to you that I might impart some spiritual gifts to the end that you would be established. So, Father, we take that place of operation in the anointing and release the spirit of discernment now to come in a new measure. Open our eyes. Open our ears. Open our hearts. Let us begin to see the things that are happening around about us as a protection, as watchmen on the walls, as ones that are able to alert, to see, to put a trumpet to our mouth, to be able to operate with both revelation and wisdom the way that we're called to, that we would be a blessing to the city of Wasilla or wherever we've come from. We would be a blessing to the state of Alaska, a blessing to the United States of America, a blessing to wherever we go in the nations of the earth or any place or any way that you would give us opportunity to be able to be a voice for you, that we would have both the revelation so that we can see what's taking place and discern the times and the seasons and what's happening in people's lives, but we'd also have the wisdom, the apostolic anointing to be able to administrate it in a way that would bring edification and strength and blessing to your body. And so, Father, we lift up both our hands, just lift up them both uh, to you to say we want the spirit both of revelation... And we want the anointing of wisdom. You said if any man would ask, if he lacked wisdom, you would give it liberally and not abrade them, but you would bless them with that which they are asking for in abundance. And so, Father, we believe that that's a word that's to us that's true. And we receive now the spirit of revelation and we release it to each one that's seeking it, Father. We release the wisdom of God to come in greater measure than ever before and that we will operate in a way that would honor you and that would cause a greater working of your spirit in every sphere of influence that you would grant to us and we thank you for it now in the name of jesus just give the lord a hand clap of thanks and appreciation father we receive your gifts now in jesus name Amen. we'll come back and activate you in just a minute but let's get pastor bracken right, a, 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 a hand of appreciation put your hands together for god isn't that wonderful praise the lord if you'd just have a seat ushers would you assist me please we want to receive an offering for the hammonds this morning and um, then they're going to come back and we'll do some activations. If you need an envelope to record your giving, if you'd like an IRS, uh, receive donor credit from the IRS, you need to fill out one of those envelopes and write your address on there. Make your checks out to KC. We will send them on with one check. Wow. Rich, 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 tremendous. Stop by there book table just out of the lobby and resource yourself also. Aren't we blessed? God is sending us the, the tremendous generals in the kingdom. And um, I don't know if you heard, but Chuck Pierce is going to be coming uh, to Wasilla Assembly of God and a number of other guests there too. We're going to have to come over there, Pastor Ed. All right. <laughs> You just ask the Lord what kind of seed you should sow. Come on, ask God. Sometimes we can get in the habit of, well, I'm just going to write my regular my regular gift that I usually do. Come on, you, you ask God right now what you should see. We're sowing seed. It's a very spiritual, powerful thing. We need to understand that. So let's just pray, God, for speak to us. Come on, discern. If you have two numbers, you discern that the low one would be from the devil. <laughs> All right, you can laugh. It's okay. All right. Ushers, would you come, please? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the marvelous gift of the body of Christ that the Hammond family is. Uh, 
we just receive them, God. We're so grateful, Lord, for the truth, the wisdom, for the impartation, the activation that's taken place already and that which is going to take place even in a few moments and for what you're going to do tonight and tomorrow morning at Wasilla Assembly of God as well as here and the impact that will take place in the region because they've come and they're releasing your word, which is truth and a lamp unto a feet of light upon our path, releasing revelation that brings even a spiritual revolution in this land. God, thank you even for what you'll do Sunday night. So, Lord, we just bless them now. Come on, would you say that? We bless them now and ask that you would do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all they could even ask or think. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Ushers, would you go right ahead? Well, praise the Lord. We're going to go ahead and let you give in the offering, but uh, we want to just take a few moments. We're not going to keep you much longer, but just take a few moments and just believe for uh, an activation of some of what we taught. How many know it's important that the Word is a seed that goes in you, but you need to also uh, water that seed and believe for a germination and that there would be uh, an ability that would come. And so, you know, uh, they say in learning in our Western world, sometimes we do a lot of lecture and a lot of that kind of approach, but uh, the Eastern thought was always to do and then teach what was happening. And so sometimes doing, you learn more that way than any other way. Uh, so uh, OJT on the job sometimes really is the way God intended for it to operate. So we're going to take a few moments and just stir up the gift of God, maybe about 10 minutes here, and just minister one to another. Is that okay? So let's all stand up, and uh, this is what I'd like you to do. Maybe uh, turn around to the row behind you or in front of you. Find somebody you don't know too well. Uh, so that you, you, hopefully somebody you haven't already discerned everything about them, right? Uh, no. You know, don't get your husband or wife. We don't want that wife to say, honey, boy, do I have a word for you today. You know, so anyhow, find somebody. Take them by the hands. Okay, find somebody. Turn around. If you don't find a partner, one-on-one, one-on-one, find a partner and take both their hands if you can. All right. Everybody try to find a partner. If you haven't found one, slip your hand up and we'll try to direct people together so that everybody can hook up to be able to minister one to another here for a few moments. All right. Everybody got a partner? If you don't have one, just slip your hand up and we'll, we'll find somebody. All right, turn to somebody and look, look at them. And uh, look at their... Uh, all right, we need a, a partner over here. Somebody can hook up with this lady in the aisle over here. Awesome. Anybody else? One-on-one. Find one person. Take both their hands. All right. Look at the mouth of the hand you're holding when I ask this question and say... Uh, do you give this person the right to practice on you today? Say amen. <laughs> All right. So we know we're not, we're not saying we're perfect. We're just going to believe God to do the best we can with the Spirit of God in us that we're going to do awesome. All right? So this is what we're going to do. We're going to just pray in the Spirit in a couple of moments. So why do we do that? Because when you pray in the Spirit, it says it builds up your faith. And Romans 12, 6 says we prophesy according to the proportion of our faith. So we minister according to how much faith we have. So we're going to just pray and ask for our faith to be increased. If you will, kind of stir up the anointing. You take those coals, you stir them up, the fire starts flaming up. We're going to believe that there will be something stirred inside of us. And this is what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you that as we pray that you would ask the Lord 
to give you something. And this is what I want you to believe for. Just believe for a picture of their breakthrough, okay? So say, Lord, just show me something that they're going to break through in, that you're trying to do in them, that you're, you're trying to help them to advance in. Lord, show me a little picture of their breakthrough, of who they are to you and, and what you want to do for them and through them, okay? So we're going to just believe God's going to share some things with us, okay? So we're not going to minister or, 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 or share yet. First, we're going to prepare. So we're going to prepare by praying in the Spirit. So let's all just do that for a few moments. If, you're not, if you don't speak in tongues, then you just say, Lord, I open up my heart. I want to hear from heaven. I want to be a blessing. You just speak in English. But, or get filled with the Spirit right now. But let's all pray. We stir up the anointing. We stir up the gifts of God. We stir up the presence of God. We stir up that which is inside of us of the gifts of discernment and understanding. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, now let's just go quiet. No sharing yet. No ministry yet. But just go quiet so you can listen. All right? So no noise right now other than just to, to open up our spirit and say, Lord, what is it? What is the picture of your breakthrough for them? What is it you want to share with them today that will advance them? Let me see what you want to show to me. Just open your heart. Listen. Look. Maybe a picture. Could be words that you hear in your mind. Could be a feeling that God gives to you and you got a sensing of, of some things. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. God may not be in the earthquake or the wind. It's just a still, small voice. That slight impression, just let it come to you. as clear as you can. Okay, open your eyes, smile at them, let, let them know what you got is good, all right? <laughs> You're going to be a blessing to them. Okay, uh, now listen, a couple of things. We're not going to prophesy, Yea, thus saith the Lord unto me, his awesome servant, unto you, O wicked and proud one, or anything like that. We're not going to prophesy, per se. We're just going to share. We're going to say, I don't know, this is what I sensed, this is what I felt, this is what I saw, this is what came to me, this is what I thought God wanted you to know. And we're going to just do that in, in a way of we're activating. We're just stirring ourselves as, as much about us giving as it is them getting. But people are going to get a lot, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to share. One of you will minister first, and the other one will minister in return, okay? If don't, you'll need to say, well, I don't know if this is God or not. They already know that you're not sure. You're going to do the best you can, all right? And so uh, yeah, we're going to just step out in faith and be bold and get a thought from the throne and share what God's given. And so uh, I want one of you to say, I'll go first, okay? Say, okay, I'll go first. All right. And you begin to share and uh, just release what God's given to you and then release the other person share back. If there's something needs prayer, you pray about it together, all right?
Louisiana folks, you can activate too if you want. Some wonderful ministry happening. When you're done ministering, just have a seat for a second. All right. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap. That's awesome. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, we're going to just do one more activation real quickly. Find a different partner and hook up with them real quick. Somebody different, somebody new, fresh meat. I mean, somebody else to to work on and minister to. All right, find another person. All right, this is what we're going to do this time. Is that going to work? All right, everybody find a partner. Take them by the hands. All right. If you don't have a partner, lift up your hand. We want to find somebody. Do you guys need some different partners? Yes, fine. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Find a partner. Here, a guy in the back and one over here. Wonderful. Hook up. Okay. 
Look at him and say, are you ready for this? <laughs> okay, this is, this is what we're going to do that's just a little bit different this time. In this activation, uh, we're going to, again, just believe for that spirit of discernment. But the first thing we're going to do is that we're going to uh, ask one question. And this question I want you to uh, hear from the person that you're holding hands with. And we're going to ask this question. If there was just one thing that you really wanted to believe for breakthrough in, one area, you could just say finances, or I'm believing for the salvation of my brother. But we're not going to go and tell a life story or anything, okay? We're just going to give like maybe one or two words. Just, you know, I need, I need a financial breakthrough or whatever. Just a couple words and just say that to them. Uh, so let's just take a moment. Father, what, what's the area? What is it I'm believing for? What is it that I need to, to speak to them right now? We're just going to hear that in our heart. Okay, now just take a moment and share that. Just start there and say, this is the area I'm believing for, okay? All right? So healing or dealing or freedom or... Okay. So that shouldn't take long. Because we're not telling stories. Okay. Now, this is what we're going to do. All right, everybody look at me now. This is what we're going to do. There, there are... Okay, we're done with that. All right. There are two things you got to do for this activation. One, we're going to pray in the Spirit again, but just for a moment. And this is what we're going to do. The thing about this activation that you have to do is, one, you have to keep your eyes open. All right? So look them in the eye and say, I can do this. Okay? We're not going to get religious and shut our eyes, but we're going to keep them open. Because most of the time when Jesus did miracles, he looked at the person and said, Stretch forth your hand. Take up your bed. Woman, thou art made whole. I mean, he would decree right at them. Look at me. And then the apostles would speak and decree life. And so we're going to try that and see if we can't break out of a religious mode of closing our eyes and going, Oh, God, and into what we call a decree. Okay? Everybody say a decree. So this decree, we're going to operate in the spirit of discernment and make a decree about what? About that area that they shared with us. So they're saying, I'm believing for salvation in my family or whatever. They said, a healing of my body. And I, you're going to start off after we pray in the spirit, and then I'm going to say, in the name of Jesus, decree. And one of you, whoever you said, one of you say, I'll go first. Go ahead and decide that. Okay, say, I'll go first. All right. All right. So when we say decree... I'm gonna, we're going to pray in the Spirit and then say, all right, let's decree. You're going to say, in the name of Jesus, I decree that your finances are breaking through and that you, whatever it is, and you let the Spirit of God flow out of you. And you just make that decree by the Spirit over their life. And I decree freedom and I decree that there's an openness and God, whatever you sense God's saying, you just make that decree. But you keep your eyes open. And you, I, I'll even give you permission if you need to use that finger pointing just to get yourself going. All right. It's not. It's going to be uh, polite right now, okay, because you're speaking and decreeing and releasing something prophetically. That's okay. All right. So let's do this. We're going to pray in the Spirit. And then in a few moments, I'm going to say, okay, let's decree. And then one of you, whoever said you're going first, will say, in the name of Jesus, I decree to you. And you're going to start, start decreeing. And when you're done, then the other person will decree back to you. Okay? So let's pray in the Spirit. We just stir up the anointing. We stir up the gift of God. We stir up the authority of heaven. We stir up that breaker anointing. We just stir up the gifts of God. We stir up the abilities that are in the name of Jesus given and granted to us. We rise up, rise up, rise up now in the name of Jesus to decree the things that God would want to release to those that He loves even today. Now in the name of Jesus. Now, right now, I want whoever's going to start, begin 
to decree now. Say, in the name of Jesus, I decree to you, go. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Look at them. Both of you keep your eyes open. The eyes are the window to the soul. Look at them. Be bold. Be bold. Strong in the Lord and the power of His might. You can do it. Come on. Keep those eyes open. Decree in faith. Bold. When one person gets finished, the other one, decree back to him. Decree back to him. Speak to that area. Okay, we're just going to give you another minute to finish up. All right, finishing it up. Okay, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Awesome job. Wonderful. Now, let me ask a couple questions. How many felt like what was ministered to you that there was a release of the Spirit of God? Let me just see your hands. How many had some things shared with you, even in activation times, that really touched an area that you needed to hear about? Look at that. Let's give the Lord another hand. And let me ask one more question. How many felt something when you ministered like eyeball to eyeball, you know, making a decree, something a little different came out of you, and that some of that false humility of the spirit of religion kind of fell by the wayside, and all of a sudden you were operating in authority and in the anointing on a new level. Come on, come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah! Pastor Daniel, amen. We're going to uh, dismiss and uh, go. We have service tonight at 7 o'clock. We'll hope that you'll be a part of that. Pastor Rick, would you come and just bless us as we go uh, and as we go about? And I know many of you are going to lunch and stuff. 7 o'clock tonight, all right? You come, be a part of it. We won't be going real long tonight just because there's services. We want you to be fresh to be in 
uh, in church, whether it be here at KC or at WAG or wherever you go to church. You want to go back to your home church tomorrow morning. Everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. Let's, let's uh, go ahead and take someone by the hand. Pastor Rick's going to pray over us and just bless us. Father, we just thank you for this, your presence here today. We thank you, Father, for for sending sending this couple up here, Father, to minister your word, to minister life, to change lives that not one person that's been sitting here will leave here being the same. We thank you, Father, that our lives have been changed. We thank you, Father, for the anointing upon all of it. We thank you, Father, that your will is being done here. In the name of Jesus, a name above every name in heaven, on earth, and in hell, that every knee has to bow, Father. And we just praise you and glorify you for this is the day that you have made. We thank you, Father, for for keeping everyone safe today and bringing them back here tonight for this next service. And having great expectancy, Father, and we just praise you for it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. You go ahead and bring somebody back tonight. It's going to be off the hook. God bless you. Praise the Lord.